Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Square Eyes Syndrome Podcast. I'm Ben Gilman, as always. I am joined by a man who, if you cut him with bleed iron brew, it's Tom Hill. Uh, another man whose back garden, I would like to think, looks like the one it, from Bewitch's C'est La Vie music video. It's Dan Rudge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'd be lucky. <laughs> we should, unfortunately, we're not joined by someone who's would today would have been the uh, 10 years anniversary of our friendship. Troy Salmon is not here again. Um, but we are joined by a guest. Uh, she has a lovely pet cat. She can be bribed with sweets. And uh, I have once given her recommended Halloween movie list. It's uh, our guest today, Alex D- uh, Del Toro. That is right. Yeah. Hello. Hey, hi. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Good, good. Thanks for inviting me. Well, it's great to have you on. And how is everyone out? Yeah, not bad, man. Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so me and Alex work together. She works with me and Tom as well. So we thought we'd bring them. We are. We've obviously she knows about a podcast because we haven't shut up about it in the office. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back when we created it. <laughs> I mean, I think you saw me beg Tom every week for like a couple of months at the start of 2020 to get it done. Um, when we had an office, when we were in the office. Yeah. Yes, yes. But, um, yeah, Alex is um, a long-term uh, person that has known about the podcast, and we thought we'd get her on because she's very knowledgeable about TV, and we thought it would be fun to have her on. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. So there is no Troy. We don't know where he is, and we do apologise. He's most probably gone back to find some charm fans somewhere we don't know <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's currently checking out the plane of fire which i think is a good a good uh... yes we have set fire to that plane so he does not bring any charm fans with him that's the last thing we need okay so who wants to go first well i will if no one else does okay go for it go for it all right then um well i have uh, two choices today, one of which is a bit nostalgic for me and probably the rest of you will have never heard of, um, as it's a Northern Irish TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a panel show, much like um, the sort of the news and politics style panel shows that you'll find across the British television landscape. Okay. Um, and so on and so forth. This one in particular, it's uh, it ran from 2005 till 2019 on BBC One Northern Ireland specifically, and it was called The Blame Game. I've mentioned it a couple of times before, but I haven't gone into detail on it. Now, The Blame Game is hosted by Tim McGarry. Tim McGarry is probably best known for his work on another Northern Irish TV show called, um, oh, wherever. It's gone completely out of my head. Give my head peace. That's what it is. Um, Give my head peace was never one which I was particularly enamored by, uh, but it was 
if you think Mrs. Brown's boys, but with the troubles. Oh boy! Thank you for bringing that show into the podcast. I was hoping we'd never have to deal with Mrs. Brown's boys. Mrs. Brown's boys meets the royal family, but in the middle of the troubles in Northern Ireland. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. That's 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 where I'd I'd put that. It's um there it's by the Hole in the Wall gang, who are a comedy gang in Northern Ireland that have been working since in the middle of the troubles, taking the piss out of it, making light of it, crossing boundaries. Mm. Really good good people. And he plays the father in the family. He looks but <laughs> He has been employed too many times to impersonate Jerry Adams because he looks so much like him. <laughs> right. um, Jerry Adams, for anyone who doesn't know, is the leader of Sinn Féin and possibly, or maybe also, maybe might have been a leader of the IRA in Northern Irish politics. It's oh. a complicated business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to carry on to... Say Irish the, uh, Republican... A, Sinn Féin, yeah, definitely yeah. Northern Irish Republican, um, uh, but also the Northern Irish Sinn Féin boys, there, there was always a lot of sort of, um, didn't you used to be paramilitary? <laughs> and there was on the other side as well with a lot of the politics that went on in Northern Ireland mm. at that point, especially around the Good Friday Agreement. Oh, yeah. We have the three main panellists who are awesome comedians as well, as well wouldn't be as well known as many. Colin Murphy is one of them. He's mm -hmm. an Irish comedian from Downpatrick in County Down in Northern Ireland. Uh, and he has been a stand-up comedian staple in the UK for as long as I've known that there was stand-up going on in the UK. Yeah. He's your sort of he's the guy you go to when you need someone to run the show rather than someone to headline. He's got the quick wit, he's got the audience participation, he doesn't really like rely on pre-written stuff. He has plenty of it, but he doesn't rely on it at all. Mm. Um very, very witty, very sharp, very cynical. Really cool guy. Uh looks like a sort of a smaller, slighter, younger brother to Dara O'Brien. <laughs> oh, I can imagine him already. Right. Uh, then we move on to uh, the next guy who'd be on the panel, who is sort of the... He's always been seen as the other half to Colin Murphy in terms of the uh, comedy duo style. His name's Jake O'Kane. He's a ginger-haired, flamey personality... Um, Northern Irish half Joker, half Frankie Boyle. <laughs> savage. Absolutely savage. Um, and he brings a lot of that sort of, you know, that extra edge that sometimes you need in a comedy panel show. And then the third main... Uh, panel member who is almost always there um, is a guy called Neil Delamere, who's actually from the South. And Neil Delamere is 
uh, he's a bit shorter than the other guys. He's a bit more bubbly, a bit more friendly, a bit more red nose, body humor, absurd comedy. Uh. Like, he's very clever, but he goes on big flights of fancy as well and then has to explain <laughs> himself, and that's funny as hell. Um, so it's Tim McGarry's your host, these three guys are your main panelists, and then they have a guest panelist every week, kind of like we've got Alex tonight. Yeah. Uh, and the guest panelist is almost always from outside the sphere of knowing what Northern Irish news and politics is all about and has been for a while. They're usually ignorant, and this is one of the um, one of the tropes that the show uses is that their um, ignorance about what is going on and their misunderstandings about what things mean lead to comedy. Uh, they have some great. It's usually the great. Like the same guys that are going to be on Mock the Week, the same guys that are going to be on, um, like, the stand up at the Apollo, all that sort of stuff. I've got one of those guys on, like a Stephen K. Amos. You know what I mean? Um, and then they will set out into the show. Now the show is, uh, it's split into three sections. But usually the middle section isn't actually aired because the first section dominates so much time and gives so much room. Uh, it's called. Uh, it's basically called Who Do You Blame or Pass the Buck? And it usually starts with Tim McGarry saying, right. So the question today is, who do you blame for? And then example issues might include binge drinking. The Stoke City problem or, or treating is what it says in Wikipedia is the example. Um, I've seen a lot of different levels of this. Who do you blame for all sorts of kind of things? Uh. And then they go off on big rants and then they get interrupted and go off on more big rants. And it's just it's that kind of everyone's arguing and everyone's coming up with something new and new ways of interpreting what's just been said or fantastical ways of taking the logic ad infinitum or ad absurdum, sorry, kind of thing. And the second round is called Blame It on the Boogie. And the reason that it is usually left out is it's a bit more subjective. It's a bit more difficult to understand if you're not giving it the space. Um, and it's just a piece of music being played and then it relates to something recent that has happened and people have to figure out why. And then the third round is called What's the Story? And Tim McGarry reads out a recent newspaper headline and then the contestants have to state like what they think the headline means, their take on what it's all about. And this is sort of your final quick fire round where they just throw out ideas like scenes from a hat or things like this. Um, and this is all about Irish like what was happening back then like it's it's, it's not it's all about northern irish news and politics okay i mean it'll take some of the history into account but it, it's usually about the current events each week mm. they do try to film fresh from the news and that kind of thing okay um there was one thing like right whenever they started 
in 2006, there was a, a loyalist called Michael Stone who attempted to assassinate members of Sinn Féin in Stormont, the place where the Northern Irish Assembly, the Northern Irish government happens. Oh. He tried to do that in 2006. And Tim McGarry, on the blame game, joked that Stone would claim that it was a work of performance art <sighs> because he had actually like labelled himself as an artist at one point. A loyalist artist. And during his trial in 2008, Michael Stone actually claimed that he had no intention of killing Jerry Adams and Martin McGuinness and that it was all performance art. And what was the result? No, he got done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what an excuse. <laughs> got done. This isn't something that you're going to find in many places. You're going to have to search it out if you want to see it. But for those who like want to know a little bit more about the localities of British TV. I'm not sure how it works in any other countries around the world, but we do have our own little specialized things that go on. And some of them are very dear to the people who live in those localities. And this is one of the ones that's, it was very dear to me for as long as I lived in Northern Ireland. Uh, I got the opportunity to go and see it live an awful lot because I, I knew Colin Jake, but the um, the main reason was because like they let me get into it and the tickets were free anyway, so I didn't have to pay any money. I just had to be on the list. And it was great. It was so much fun. Um, we had lots and lots of different times where recordings would go on for like five or six hours at a time because the audience just hadn't had enough yet. It was great. Oh, sounds great. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put it out there as being one of the things which I have good memories of. You're probably going to find clips of it on YouTube. You're probably not going to find full anything anymore. And it has stopped for now. I'm not sure if they have any chance of bringing it back. Hmm. So there's uh, no way of finding this anywhere, really. There's, there's, no finding it anywhere except in clips. Mm. Not even on an iPlayer. Nothing like the BBC hasn't but, brought it over to put on, no? Not yet. No. Oh, that's I nice. don't think they will until they do a big sort of local programming thing for everyone. Oh, they should do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really interesting, to be honest. I, I don't really know much about um, what what's been happening to be honest so it's something i'd be interested in looking mm. Mm. the way that comedy evolved in northern ireland surrounding the fact that basically northern ireland had been it, it, it wasn't a cold war it was kind of a lukewarm war mm. Mm. but northern ireland had basically been sort of a country that was kind of at war with itself for an awfully long time Mm, yeah. It was very common whenever I was growing up, whenever I was a kid, for there to be bomb scares and you had to just get the hell out of anywhere that was usually populated. And it was all internal, internal conflicts. It, well, there was plenty of stuff that happened in England that was based off of the Troubles. Mm. Plenty mm. of stuff that went on with, like, you know, car bombs and stuff like that. It wasn't a pretty time at all. It was terrible. Mm. But 
throughout all this, the Northern Irish people kept on trying to live their lives. And the comedy scene in Northern Ireland became this, like, it, almost like a warrior. Like, you saw the advent of alternative comedy in the UK in the 80s with the Thatcher era and the strikes and the poverty and all of this sort of stuff. In Northern Ireland, you saw the rise of the alternative comedy with the reaction to the troubles. And that's where these guys all got their break. And they've all been working in that same area for a long time. And they know each other well and they play off each other well. And if you get a chance to watch a clip of it, great, please do. And if you want to check out any of those comedians that I mentioned, they're all still working and they're all fantastic. So give them a shot. Lovely. Yeah, definitely. Secondly, I want to go to YouTube specifically for my second pick. Um, and we're going back to poker, lads. Oh, it's boy. Time. time to gamble um, your money. I want to talk about a specific poker vlogger who does fantastic work and isn't actually one of those sort of absolutely pro up in the tournaments all the time kind of players either. So I want to talk about Brad Owen. Brad Owen has a YouTube channel, which is called Brad Owen. Um, he plays poker and he records uh, hands of poker and analyzes them and he entertains people while doing it. He, he records his ups and his downs, his booms and his busts, and he, he gives the entire experience. Very charismatic young man. He's in his early 30s. He has a couple of caches in World Series of Poker to his name, so he's not like a complete amateur. He's not a fish. He knows what he's doing, but he also plays for... He grinds, but he also plays for the entertainment of his viewers. So he's not the safest player in the world. He will be... It, it can be very white-knuckle ride watching him if you're into that sort of thing. Um, he lives in Las Vegas. He had uh, been living in San Francisco. Uh, and then he, his dad worked in a casino and got one of these uh, pieces of software to help learn all of the casino games whenever he was young. And Brad got into playing the Texas Hold'em poker on it just over and over and over and over again when he was really, really young and just got completely hooked. And when he was a young man, he made a bankroll and he started going and basically building his bankroll and grinding and being a pro player um, in cash games. Uh, then he busted whenever he moved to California. And he had to start all over again after going and being an administrative worker for a while. And then whenever, um... oh, what was that? Hmm? Someone, someone brushed over a microphone? No, oh, that's me. Sorry. Okay. Sorry about that. Right, I've sorted it. The, um, he, he got a, another, um, bankroll up and he started playing again 
And in January 2019, he recorded a poker vlog where he won um, over a grand in a very, very like uh, wild game. And this blew up on YouTube, started getting the views and started getting the subscribers. What is that? Yeah, we're getting a lot of noise. What is that? That's that's terrible. That's horrible. Hold on. Hold on. Is it Tom? Uh, I've I've set mine up. Mine's okay. No, it's gone. <laughs> okay. So um. Sorry about that. Whatever that was. In in terms of if you want to watch someone play poker and you want to follow them along, him and his friend Andrew Nemi are uh, just fantastic YouTube vloggers for poker. I've been subscribed to him for about three years now. And okay. I follow it every time I get the notification. I'm like, I'm waiting for the chance to go and watch the next vlog. He's really, really funny. He's really, really personable, charismatic. He gives a shit about his um, viewers as well. <laughs> he really does care about the people who are his fans and it's really nice to see that in someone who is gaining so much popularity and notoriety so yeah I mean our fans try and date us apparently according to you remember last week the week before what sorry remember I've, there's, I've a, there's, no there's girls from America I've, wanted I've, to I've date no you Ben 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 I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about I'm, 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 I'm an innocent little boy. <laughs> <laughs> Something tells me that's probably not true, maybe. Yeah, you're on the money. <laughs> anyway, hi, Christina. Hi, Brittany. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brad Owen, um, give him a shout. Uh, give, him a, give him a try, please, because uh, he's a good guy. It's really nice. He likes cats. He plays music. I like him for that reason. He plays poker. Okay. I like him for that reason. And he's a really nice guy. I like him for that reason. Is that the bunny rule? Is anyone that likes rabbits is a good person? That's my rule. Anyone that likes rabbits or cats is a good person. So... Yeah, cats. He I like, I like cats. I also like rabbits, but only in stew. <laughs> wow. My wife will kill you. So this is maybe the bit where I don't let her listen to this. Cool. <laughs> so not a vegetarian then? No. No, no, no. I'm not a vegetarian. Uh, the one thing I do like about poker is watching other people gamble with their money. It's more, I get to get a thrill out watching him be so... Where is that? There's the vicarious thrill of Oh my fucking god! You put that much in middle for that. You're you're sitting That's on ace high. Why are you doing this? That's it. It's more exciting than a football game, isn't it? It's just like, oh, he's putting the whole thing on there. Oh no, no, no! It's like a horror movie. You can't watch sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just watching their face when it goes wrong is, wow. There's like a million emotions well, also, going on. He does this thing where he goes, "I really don't want to do this," but because I'm playing the game. <laughs> Rather than playing my emotions, this is what I should do, so I do it. Even if I lose, this was the good move. Yeah. And he explains why. And he also has a couple of jokes around that, because there's things called ranges in poker. 
like what you're supposed to do if you're in a certain seat and you've got certain cards and someone has done something like they've raised or they've triple raised or something like this. Um, how many players you're up against. There's different rage, ranges for different things. And he made up his own, wall, own one called the Revenge Range. Mm. And that's like, he has merchandise based on the Revenge Range. It's a recent thing. And uh, I just got to say, he's, he's a funny guy. He's a good guy. I'm not going to harp on anymore. But yeah, go check him out. Sold. Cool. Okay. Just them. I'll tell you what, I'll go next. I'll go next. You know what? So, I've been trying to solve something, because if you guys go back to, what, five years ago, before Disney+, Plus, there was, um, everyone got very excited about um, Netflix getting all the Marvel characters, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, but there is one show that nobody ever really wants to talk about, and that's Iron Fist. Do you guys remember this? I am what? Iron Fist. Mm, don't think, I don't think I've seen it. No, no it's, I've seen it. It is. I have. Well, yeah, this is why, because I know Dan will back me up on this. Um, it's like the redheaded stepchild of the. You know how awesome Marvel normally is? It's a high quality, you know, like oh, they do good stuff. <laughs> Well, in terms of the time, like the first season of Daredevil came out, it was amazing. Then you had Jessica Jones, that was brilliant. Um, Luke Cage is really good. And then Iron Fist comes out. Now, in the comics, Iron Fist is based on a character called Danny Rad, um, who is a martial artist. With so the... To point out, this, this was kind of Marvel's answer to Batman. Danny Rand is Marvel's answer to Batman. Okay. He wished Batman would even look in his direction. He's that bad. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, back in the comics, um, he's a celebrated character. He's like a street-level hero. Um, and I don't want to blame the actor, because, you know, British actors have taken over some of the best roles in Hollywood, like American icons, Superman, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. A lot of our no, British no, actors no, have no. taken over. I'm not going to blame the guy that took over here. I, my computer's just frozen, so I'm just going to keep talking. It's so okay, who, got... who, who was it who played like the main character in this? I don't know, because my computer froze. I had it all ready <laughs> to go. But it's okay. I'm doing well. I'm just going to keep going. I've got no problem here. Um, Hang on. Uh, see, I can't even point the finger at him. If somebody could dig me out the hole here. But it's got a good cast. <laughs> Oh no, I've got it. Finn Jones. There's the guy. That's who Finn he Jones. should be named. Yeah, you remember him in Game of Thrones. Loris Tyrell. Yeah, that guy. Yes, yes, um, I know who you mean. <laughs> what I do love is though, um, he is wrestling with an awful script. I'm gonna put my thing my my thumb down on when you got a kung fu show. We're not you we're don't. not gonna say we're not gonna say it's the actor, because the actor is actually good and we've seen the actor be good. I'm just about to do this. I'm gonna blame it on the writing because the problem with the writing is they would rather that they ask you to care about the office politics and everything and not being rude. Uh, the problem with the Netflix Marvel shows is because we're British, we like eight six to eight episodes a season. We don't like these the opinions of Ben Gilman are not the opinions of <laughs> Yeah. 
I know, I know. What I'm saying is, I've amount of times I've seen a story stretched out over too many episodes when you can just do it shorter. Like, like Netflix has it right. Ten episodes is normally their number for every season that they do of something. Ten to thirteen, they normally can stretch it. But there's no plot here, really. I mean, I just it's I fell asleep five times. I've just finished <laughs> season one. I mean, Honestly. the cast are great. It's can not I, such I, a yeah. Feel free. Can I take just just a tiny rant here? Yeah, uh, sure. The reason this was so awful was because there was a perfect storm to make it awful. Okay. You had Daredevil, which mm-hmm. went nuts. Everyone loves Daredevil. Uh, yeah. It went skyrocketed. Then you had Jessica Jones. Yeah. Which also specifically had the one thing which made everyone go nuts about Jessica Jones, which was David Tennant. David Tennant. There we go. Yeah. And that blew Jessica. that. Her her second and third the outings after that they they were not anywhere near as good. Well, I'm watching season two yeah. now, and oh boy, it's okay. The, no, but... the, the bad guys that came after Tennant just they they don't. They don't even come close to bringing that level of mm, to it. But uh, the David Tennant, no. oh, but he it was set up already. And the yeah. main character, Jessica Jones, that's played fantastically, and people can really get behind that. Plus, yeah. there was all of the rumors. Because Jessica Jones in the Marvel comics is, of course, married to a very specific character. Luke Cage. Luke Cage, yeah. who was coming up. So we were like, oh, we're going to get Luke Cage. Because uh, yeah. Luke Cage is in series one, and they're definitely going to be sort of getting together and doing their thing, and that's going to be a thing that's happening. And yes, we can get behind that romance. That's a Marvel romance. Let's have that yeah. Marvel. It's a lovely romance. And also, right. he's best friends with Luke Cage. Which, um, he's best friends with Iron Fist, which is why I got excited when Iron Fist was after Luke Cage. Okay, because you know, but Iron Fist is. It cool. wasn't. It wasn't Iron Fist that was after Luke Cage, though, was it? It was Punisher. Oh, yeah, but you know what I mean. I, we, we were waiting for Iron Fist. Uh, like, you know where thing, right? going to After Jessica Jones, right, you have Luke Cage. Yeah. Luke Cage is championed as a show because we've had, um, the, we've had the white man hero, Daredevil. We've yeah. had the white woman hero, Jessica Jones. And people are going, but we, we want to see something which gives a, actual focus to someone from a different demographic we want to see something where there's serious money put behind it and serious quality and writing and everything and it's authentic and it's representational right and luke cage did it it didn't Mm. do the absolute best it possibly could but certainly with the main character yes they definitely did it i would question killing off your main um, your main um, villain halfway through the season was the mistake of Luke Cage. I think it was so. going, yeah. They, they held again, Cage that. also has that kind of storyline in the comics. He has those sort of disjointed things aren't going the hero <laughs> style way, and Luke still yeah. finds a way of dealing with it. So that it's yeah. still it's authentic to me. It made sense to me. It wasn't the best way to do a TV show, but it made sense. Then the Punisher comes along. We've taken a character who was a white male anti-hero and we've made him a Hispanic white. 
male hero. Troubled hero, but very much a hero. A hard-boiled, gritty. And for my money, the best Punisher we've seen so far. Oh, yes. Like, best Punisher we've seen so far. We never even spoke about the fact that we have the Kingpin that works around all of this so fucking well. Bro, you're taking away my pick. <laughs> but then, sorry, I'm just describing it. But then we have that one perfect storm moment where all of that has happened. And then after that, you have to round out the defenders. Oh boy, Iron, that was a disappointment. Who is another <laughs> entitled, rich, white, blonde. Given all of the power, given all of the freedoms, no responsibilities, everything seemed to work out for him. So they had to try and find a way of making that sort of uh, not so much of a... Hanging out with Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark in the Rich Boy White Club, yep. There for yeah, me. Another the one Rich of those Boy movies. White Club being celebrated thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you can't really do that with Iron Fist. You have to kind of just ignore that because it's his entire character. His entire character is he is just absolutely blessed with these things. And then he kind of ignores that and works off of intuition and intellect anyway. Yeah. But they didn't manage to do that because they would have had to actually completely accept that they were championing this completely privileged arsehole style character and trying to make him look like a hero. So instead, they tried to make him look like an arsehole and still be a hero. Yeah. And it didn't work. No, because you know, let me works. get me, let, every time yeah. you're looking Dan, 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 oh, shut off the right Dan. <laughs> I'm not being rude, bruv. I don't want to come to blows, but it's sorry, kind of sorry, Ben. Carry point. on. No, it's okay. I love the passion. I love the interaction, bruv. But like, you've like, you've done it now. I've got nothing left to do, so I'm going to move on to my next pick. <laughs> well, this is easy this week. <laughs> no, it's just the office. It's just the office stuff that I wanted to add in before we wrapped it up. That's where it went wrong. Ah, oh, this has all gone horribly different. Um, no, but the 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 the, um, the cast are amazing. It's just the writing, and I've heard season two's a lot better. So I'm going to get to there soon. So I will update you on that. Well, well, I'm still going to do it because God damn it, you know Marvel is now bringing back everything. Daredevil's turning up into the new Spider-Man movie with all the old Spider-Men. Everything that they've done is still connected. So I'm. I'm now filling in, I've got on Disney Plus, I'm filling in the blanks everywhere. I'm going to watch Inhumans, God help me on that one, um, uh, Runaways. I'm just going to try and watch every Marvel thing, S.H.I.E.L.D., everything, just to get all the plot points down. So if anyone turns up, I go, I know who you are. Just, just so you're, you're aware, you can completely skip Cloak and Dagger. Is that on Disney Plus? I don't see it on the list. It's That's on. Important. It's on. It's on Hulu. It's still a Marvel thing, but just don't, don't. It's another one of the ones where, if they'd let the characters be the characters and the story be the story it had been in the comics, then it would have been great. Fair play, um, because you know they, they come up with place. different agendas. Um, those characters become one-dimensional and shitty. And oh, the bad as the watch, though, Ben Dan. There's huh? Charmed. Is it as bad as the watch? Go, go and watch it if you want. Go and watch Cloak and Dagger if you want to watch Cloak and Dagger. Go and waste your time if you want to go and waste your time. Just don't fucking watch the watch. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to watch it over there. Loud and clear. Yeah, can't miss that bit. 
I'm, I'm definitely still going to watch it over. I would rather watch that than watch current Doctor Who. So that's, you know, that's pretty good. Um, so, you know, um, another show I wanted to quickly talk about is WandaVision, which is the new... I'm sure you can't miss it. It's on every bus on the side of a bus going in London at the moment. Um, it's the first Disney Plus original series from Marvel and Disney. It's obviously got Scarlet Witch, uh, Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and The Vision, played by Paul Bentley, another British guy invading America. We seem to be doing quite well there. Um, and it's basically, if you guys know your Marvel, right? So you've seen Endgame and everything. You know where they stand. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I need to. Have you been watching? Because I need to be very careful here. How deep yeah, I go? I about the spoilers. Yes. I've watched them or You've watched all of them. Yeah. Okay, Tom. I haven't, but feel free. Okay, I'll be careful, Dan. I'm spoiler friendly because all of these stories are from comics I've read. Like me, I know where it's going. <laughs> I hate being a comic nerd. I know where they go with everything. So, so at the end of episode five, Alex, you uh, did you gasp? Because I don't read the spoilers, so I didn't know they were going to put this person here. The current episode. On the final episode. Yes, the current episode with you know who appears at the door. Oh no! But I'm talking about the movies. Oh. Oh, so yeah, you, yeah, so you sorry, I got it wrong. So I've, no. I've seen the movies. Um, don't want to say um, <laughs> anything because I'll probably spoil. I'm really bad at spoiling information. Okay. <laughs> so, so, no, 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 go, go. Carry okay, on. so I think I can spoil what happens to Vision because, you know, it was two years ago and it's over <laughs> two billion people have seen this movie. So I'm, you know, Vision's dead. Vision never came back at the end of Endgame. Scarlet Witch pretty much nearly whooped Thanos' ass on her own. So we know she's crazy powerful. And mm. there is a... So without spoiling it, you do find out that she's taken over an area. They, um, she's rewritten reality in a place called Lakeview. Uh, Westview, something like that, one of those. And um, she's remaking the world in her image. And... It started off a bit boring because it's going through it's going through all the decades of American sitcom. So I think next week is going to be like a friend style 90s one. They're basically going through all the decades, like the, the style of sitcom, which is really cool. Each episode. So she's somehow remaking it each week, like each episode, like the, the layout's changed. But you're beginning to see cracks. So she's dealing with a lot of trauma, isn't she? Because she's lost her brother. In Age of Ultron, um, you know, in in that film also, her entire country got Eastern European country of uh, I can't remember the name of it. It got taken out. Then she lost Vision in Endgame. So you know, she we're going through the stages of grief, and it's obviously as Dan said in the comics, she tends to go a bit batshit when she loses her mind, and she can rewrite reality. She's quite dangerous. And with upcoming films like um, Doctor Strange Multiverse, you kind of know where they're going with it. I'm very careful here. So they've brought in a company called Sword, who are like another S.H.I.E.L.D. There's characters from Ant-Man and Thor have come back, in, which I'm really happy to see mm. as well. Pat Dennings and 
I can't remember the other guy. There's the um, oh, I've forgotten his name. I'm doing so well today. Um, he's back, and the agent, the FBI agent from Ant Man, is also back. So there's this little, um, and the lady from Captain Marvel is growing up as well. And the little child has now grown up into a full fell edged adult. So you can kind of see the connections are happening. It's really good. And I screamed at the end of episode five because they did a thing from another Marvel show that isn't MCU from Fox. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I audibly gasped when I saw it. And it makes you realize that Marvel are just going to bring everything back. Mm. I'm not going to say any more than that. I think there may be more twists and turns. I think yeah. so. Yeah. But I did get very excited when I saw who they brought in from a certain franchise with an X in the title. That's all I'm going to say. And you're kind <laughs> of questioning, is it him or her? Or is it a made-up thought of her mind? You know, there's a lot of questions. And obviously, in the comics, her dad is Magneto. So a lot of people are wondering, will you see a Magneto pop-up? Like, is it going to be Emma Kellen or is it going to be Eric? Um, what's the other guy? Uh, Michael Fassbender. So it's it's exciting times. And then obviously we'll, uh, you've got the Falcon and Winter Soldier coming up afterwards as well in March in Loki. So it's a good time to be a Marvel fan. Mm. But it's getting good now. I've already figured out half the characters in the, in the town centre. Because again, the comics obviously give it away a little bit. But it's fun. I didn't like it at the beginning. It was a bit weird, the sitcom style. But now the outer plot is beginning to come into the world. So it's really good. Four more weeks of it. Go watch it. Okay, that's me done. Mm, cool. Shall I go? Oh, oh yeah, one more go thing. Elizabeth Olsen. Sorry, so one more thing. Find it quite weird because it was a full house set the last episode. Um, Obviously, if you know what Full House is, it's a famous American sitcom. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen's um, sisters were Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. So, you know, she never appeared in Full House, but that is kind of a freaky. She looks like them, so it's a bit of a weird, you know, in Full House style thing. I'm done. Right. Sorry. <laughs> yes, Alex, please take it away. Sorry. No worries. No worries. Thank you. Um, right. So... I thought of talking about a series which I've seen recently and um, you might have heard about this one. It's called Tijuana, maybe. Yeah, no, Netflix. Oh, um, I've heard of it. Huh? Never heard of it before? Never heard, heard of it. Of it. Hmm. Right, good. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I wanted to talk about this one, um, not just because it, it was quite interesting and ent entertaining for me. Um, also, the only reason really why I started watching it was because my sister did the costume design. Um, so she was kind of pestering me, can you please watch it? So I was like, okay, right. And I found it quite, quite good actually. It's a very interesting drama. And the most important thing I liked about it is that, I don't know if you've seen, there's been a lot of, like a huge range of movies, series around cartels um, from Mexico and the whole situation of corruption. And in a way, I have seen them because I'm from Mexico, so I'm quite interested in all these topics. Um, but in a way, I feel like most of them 
in a strange way are glorifying these figures, which ultimately are like massive criminals. So in this one, Tijuana is actually, it's actually portraying a different reality around the, the danger that it is to be a journalist in Mexico, especially, if, you know, for, for journalists that are or have been trying to uncover dodgy situations or things that are going on, you know, if they if they start to to mess around um, with the wrong people, and it's not necessarily the drug cartels, it could also be the government. And then they start go they they start to go missing, they get killed in the most awful ways. So I mean, it's not a fun series, but it's definitely really really interesting. Um, and I think it's good that they've focused on a different topic rather than the overflowing information around drug lords and, you know, Pablo Escobar and El Chapo, if you've heard of those names, um, which I find, yeah, I just find it's, I just find it weird um, that they're becoming such like famous in a way. Um, so I'm going to try and not make any spoilers because I do really recommend it, uh, but it's, I found it really powerful. Um, it is quite sad. Um, it is based on a true story, although they are very careful in not mentioning names and anything, because that would be probably worse <laughs> for whoever makes it. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's important to see the reality on, on the side of the victims, um, not just on what is going on with corruption, but actually what goes on with trying to uncover the truth and then how constantly in this country um, information is being silenced one way or the other. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's quite sad um, for me because it is the country I left about mm, eight, nine years ago. And it, I was kind of hoping that it would change when I left back in 2012. I thought, you know, give it five more years or something, this might get better. But in actual reality, we just see an increasing number of, of issues which don't really seem to get any better. Um, and I mean, interestingly enough, I was looking at some numbers and although you might, you might think of this number as, oh, that's not really a lot, 144 journalists have been murdered <clears throat> since 2000. Um, that's, that's close to what we see in Afghanistan or Syria. Um, but apparently Mexico is not in a war. So, I mean, it's just numbers and things. It's, it's. That is just crazy. Um, and the, the fact is that journalists or any profession shouldn't be, shouldn't be a risk to someone's life. Um, and the, the simple reason why they're being killed is, be, is because they're trying to, stel, to tell a story of what's happening. In this case, it was in Tijuana, um, probably related to what was happening with the government. And, you know, it's all quite combined between organized crime, the government, public money. You know, it's all very complicated. But in this in this show, 
which is not very long. It's not one of those series that goes on and on and on. Um, it really, sh that's my cat, sorry, if you can hear her. <laughs> She's a bit desperate, like, please stop, stop talking. Um, she doesn't want you to give any spoilers. Yeah, she's like, please stop. This is really sad. Why are you talking about this? <laughs> but anyway, I really, really recommend it if you can watch it. Um, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about very briefly was a movie um, which is called I'm No Longer Here. And that one's more about like identity and it's about it's also based in an area of north of, of the north area of Mexico called Monterrey. Mm -hmm. And it's about this kind of gang um, of young guys who have a really interesting look, really, really interesting. And they're obsessed with like cumbias and salsa and they dance in a very particular way, which I find really cool and weird and so it's like really really um colorful and very music like there's a lot of music that maybe you might not like but it's quite good um really good scenes um of nature and this one of the guys which is the main guy has to escape because he's been kind of mixed up with a death of someone in a cartel or in like another little gang no. and so he needs to escape and he ends up being in queens in new york and this is the story of a lot of mexicans not necessarily escaping because of of being involved in in some kind of drama like this it could be because they're looking for a better job and for opportunities and in this case he's escaping um, because otherwise he, he would get killed and it's just very interesting that in in this area of Monterrey he has like he used to have this like identity and he would be, he was belonging to this group of people and there was a sense of of something really important and when he moves to Queens in New York and he is with a group of Mexicans as well um, he doesn't quite fit and they don't quite accept him and he gets overly criticized judged um, so he has to change his looks he changes his haircut um, which is often laughed at um, he doesn't really know the the english language but he's trying um, so it really shows you like the struggle of some people moving from one country to another um, and, you know, that sometimes it's even hard with the people who are from your own country, um, not necessarily people from the United States, um, the Mexican people that or the Latin people that he was hanging out with were actually not welcoming. And, you know, sometimes we miss out on these things, but they do happen. Um, so it's it's also a very real, real movie about some real issues um it's got really nice film like really nice shots great and yeah really really recommend it okay, okay. we'll check it out it.
Cheers. Fantastic. Cool. Uh, they're on my list. They're, they're both I, I don't Netflix. think I've ever watched any Mexican TV before. Yeah, I'm, that, I'm ashamed. It's on my list. The most Mexican TV I've watched is Friends. Oh, yeah, that's not Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> that's American. I mean, it's from the... I mean, whenever they're watching Mexican TV on the TV while I'm watching Friends. <laughs> I think I think we're famous for for the telenovelas. You might have heard telenovelas because this is what's been huge across lots of places. But I take it none of you, which is good because it's not good TV. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's sort of like Hollyoaks, um, but Mexican. Oh um, wow! Yeah, it can't yeah, be worse than Hollyoaks. Surely it's better than Hollyoaks. I, I I I just. I, I don't think I'd ever be able to recreate it, but if anyone can just imagine it, imagine that Hollyoaks in a Mexican kind of flamenco salsa for giant guitars, sombrero style. I'm not surprised you, Alex. Both of both of your picks are on my Netflix list. They are in the list, so to speak. Yeah, so they're, they're kind of serious choices, mm. but they're very interesting. I will uh, check they, out. Yeah, don't watch telenovelas, please don't. No, that, that's cool. Thank you for the warning. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tom, I want to know which show this week has got a dead body on a slab and who's the detective <laughs> solving it. Well, before I say anything, Ben, do we have any like emails or anything coming in this week that we need to discuss? Um, okay, do you want to break format? Well, what I'm going to say is because Dan, okay. <laughs> because Dan hijacked some of your time, which meant it went a lot, lot longer, I'm quite happy to lay off on doing my picks until next week okay. and let us get on to doing the other bits because I'm, I'm just aware that we've been going for about yeah. now. And okay. I don't, I don't want to kind of make us run really long. Don't worry, Dan, we don't hate you. It's no, cool. no, it's, that's, that's not a negative. It was passionate. In any way, no, so no, no, hang on, hang on. I accept no blame for this. It's Ben's fault. <laughs> okay, that's no, fine. As long as we're all smiling, that's all that matters. If you want to tie me down to what my picks would have been, I'll tell you what they would have been. I'm not going to tie you down. Someone else can do that. <laughs> no, well, why don't you tell us briefly, Tom? What were so, your picks? No, the two shows yeah, I've talked talk. about are both American to do with journalism. One's called The Loudest Voice, yeah. and the other is called The Newsroom. But I will bring them up and I will talk about them fully. We, we could go a bit longer. Go, 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 go. No, no, go, no, go. no, no. I'll bring okay. them up properly next week because they deserve, especially The Newsroom so deserves fine. like proper, passionate discussion on it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we got one email. <clears throat> okay, this could cause some trouble. Okay, we know our fans are a bit crazy, so this is fine. Okay, <laughs> right. So you know, I've been bitching about how we've got what viewers from India, China, Australia, New Zealand, France, everywhere, and like we have none from Japan. Well, we've finally broken that duck. So uh, I'm just going to read the email. Hi, my name is Hiro Fumi Nagasaki. Wow, that's hard to say. And I live in Sendai, which is north of Japan. Uh, I'm just putting that in there. Really nice icy part of Japan. Really nice and cold. Like Scotland. I'm sure <laughs> and I'm sure um, Tom, you know, you can you, you know how that feels. I've been Scottish and all. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big fan of your podcast. Thank you very much. I have some questions for you guys. Oh boy. Okay. Um, ben <laughs> Sorry, this is going to make me laugh. Um, ben, does your wife help you with your Japanese 
picks when you watch talk about shows on the podcast. Um, not mm, how do I say it? I can kind of pick my own stuff out, but then again, we have a VPN, um, which we can go to any region of obviously Netflix. We're kind of VPN it, which means we can watch anywhere. Um, <laughs> so I have all the shows I need. Um, uh, but me and my wife have very different tastes, though, so we never really agree on the same thing ever, 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 ever. Um, she prefers American comedies because they're more hopeful, where ours is quite, our drama is always very dark, angry, nasty, even our comedy is just laughing at people. Where America's got that more wholesome style, she prefers that. I'm more of a, I like American comedy as well, I like a mixture. But we don't agree on Japanese television. I don't think we've ever agreed on the same type of show. I like the more dramatic stuff. She's a bit more like slapstick comedy from Japan. So but that answers your question. Um, Tom and Dan. Oh, dear. Tom and Dan, I hear that Scottish and Irish people are drunks. Would you like to say that is true <laughs> or not true? <laughs> Dan, do you want to take this? Or do Let me to... just put down my bottle of proper 12 and give you a... <laughs> No, hang on. Uh, no. Um, Northern Irish and Scottish people have a reputation for being drunks. And the reason why I don't drink an awful lot at all is because most of my family conform to that stereotype to their own detriment. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. On that so side. On, on my side of it, Dan will confirm this. I used to drink very, very, very heavily. Yep. Um, and to, to the point where my doctor told me that I would die if I didn't stop drinking entirely for six months. Yeah. And so I basically stopped drinking almost exclusively since then. So that was, what, 2004? So I occasionally have a beer, I'll occasionally have a whiskey, but I, because yeah. because I did fit into the stereotype for quite some time, um, I no longer do. I have a question. Do you yeah, drive? Well What's that? Do you drive? Do I drive? Yeah. Yes. Great. So if we ever go for a night out, you can drive me. You can, you can <laughs> drive a cheers. Nice. Um... <laughs> Just designated designate yeah. driver, Tom. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Next time we do a work, do you're driving me home. Right, brilliant. Um, um also, oh dear God. And what is your problem with no Welsh people on the podcast? Um <laughs> there isn't. We just happen to pick but, people but that here's we the do. Thing, here's the thing, we have been. We have actually been pursuing, actively pursuing Welsh people to be on the podcast. Yeah. But when they found yeah. out just how English Ben was. Just... I'm very English, and they couldn't do it. They said no, no, no. no, they, no. They, couldn't, they couldn't manage it without actively trying to kill him with a herd of sheep. So, well, we work with a Welsh person, so maybe they might appear here one day. And I would just like to point out, we have uh, Alex is Mexican. We've also had another guest, like a couple of months ago, Tara from Singapore. So you know, we don't. We don't we don't discriminate. I know it's a joke, but yeah, we have. I think isn't one of our work colleagues Welsh. I'm not going to mention the name, but it's someone that has said they like the podcast may appear on here in the future as a guest. <laughs> so, uh, yes, they are. They are Welsh. Yes, you know who I'm talking about. Cool. Yes, I do. So, <laughs> yes, um, that person will appear one day, hopefully, because they want to come. So cool. Um, also, oh no, 
Okay, so you know, we had this thing with Dan, you know, Brittany and Christina <laughs> offering Dan to stay at their house if he's ever in New York. And I said, this is a worrying trend that could happen. And I'm glad I'm married. So it ends, uh, my sister thinks that Troy's handsome and follows his YouTube channel and wonders if he's single. Oh dear. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Tom, you're the last one standing, mate. Um, <laughs> keep up the good work. Oh, boy. I mean, I'm glad. I hope Troy doesn't hear that because, you know, Troy's got an ego the size of a bus. <laughs> Basically, I would suggest to Hirofumi's sister, if she wants to find out, why doesn't she ask Troy herself? Yeah, go on his YouTube channel. <laughs> this is not dating advice. Go <laughs> so whenever he's streaming or whatever, whenever he's doing whatever, just just try and get him live and try and try and corner him. <laughs> I mean, seriously, sure he will get so frazzled that he he will acquiesce to whatever you wish. And I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure there's fans of Tom right now somewhere out there. I doubt it very much, but just, thank just, you for just the typing out an email. How dare you? I'm pimping, I, I, and I'm, I'm pimping Tom out. If you send the email, I'll read it. I'm pimping Tom out now. <laughs> We're going to go the whole way. Um, one more. What? I've got a oh, second mate, email. Mate, mate, we can't go the whole way. Then you're actually a fucking pimp. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I'm, I'm letting go of it at that point. I, 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 I get a say in this. Well, yeah, you do. You get to run away. Um, I would. I don't even know where we're going anymore. Right, that's that. That is another one in the bag. Um, thank you for listening, um, Tom. Do you want to do the born admin stuff? Uh, I'll let Dan do the shilling today. Okay. Shilling. Yes. Yeah. Shilling. Right yes. Down the street corner. Everybody, Let's please, go. please just send us envelopes full of money. Thank you very much. Cheers, bye. Mic <laughs> drop. Okay. <laughs> no, guys, guys, give us a like, give us a comment, let us know what you think of the thing. Um, subscribe. Uh, tell your friends about us because we we love doing this. We love having guests on like Alex. We love just entertaining you, having a laugh. Give us more chance to do that, please. Give us more of an audience to do that, please. If you like us, spread the word. Mm. And the word of the day is... Um... Panic. Yes, panic. Spread panic. Yeah. Um... <laughs> We've got enough of panic already. Well, it was a better choice than legs, so... Uh... <laughs> that is true. Um, Tom, email. Uh, square eyed syndrome 2020 at gmail.com. Send your emails there, not to the YouTube, but if you do, I'll read them out anyway. But Tom's <laughs> email box is feeling very, very lonely. Please send them there. You know, um, and yeah, we are nearly at 3,000 downloads on Spotify on its own. The YouTube channel is bouncing. Yeah, woo indeed. Um, so we just want to say thank you for the support. Our our numbers are really going big the last couple of months on the last couple of weeks, sorry, on the audio platforms. Our YouTube is still doing good. And as Dan said, if you like what you hear, just tell everyone. Go just go go up to someone in the street, social distancing, and just scream, Strive <laughs> syndrome rocks. <laughs> yeah.
do it with do it though carefully. We don't want we don't want it to be any worse than it already is. But that's <laughs> it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, or, Alex. Alternatively, you could set Thank up you. some sort of elaborate hoax which involved a series of monoliths with square eyes syndrome just plastered on them. That that would be good advertisement as well if you felt like it. <laughs> Definitely. One day, one day we'll have merch. That'll be a thing. One day. Comic-Con appearances. Ben, yeah. the first piece of merch we're going to have is a t-shirt with the opinions of Ben Gilman are not necessarily yeah. the opinions of Square Eye Syndrome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so, thank you, Alex. Did you enjoy yourself today? Yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was quite ner- nervous. Um, but, yeah, it's hey, been really great. fun listening to you guys. Thank you. Um, and I think I spoke for longer than I expected. So, and I enjoyed it. So thank you. Okay. Oh, you're very welcome you... and you're welcome back anytime. Yeah. Just let us know. Seriously. Okay. I will. I will. Yeah. Yeah. Looking... yeah. It's always good. The, the door is always open. Just let us know. You're always welcome back. Thank you again. Oh. All right, guys. Thank you. Okay. So it's goodbye for me. Bye for me. Goodbye for me. Oh, sorry. Bye. <laughs> okay. Right. Time to have a beer. <laughs>